want to thank you for joining us today on this board research to practice webinar on board meetings. And I'm Professor Yvonne Kaffick Harrison, and um, I'm a uh, clinical faculty member in the School of Social Work at University of Buffalo, but also founder of Board Checkup. We're here with uh, Victor Murray. So, Vic, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, if I, I <laughs> am I visible here now? Uh, part of you is your chest, <laughs> not your face. My camera decided to uh, act up. Okay, there you go. That's oh, okay. Okay, yes. Okay, Vic Murray, uh, colleague of Yvonne's for many years, and the part creator of the uh, board checkup instrument and uh, the long-term research project on which it's based. And this is uh, my, pretty much my favorite um, of the dimensions of board effectiveness that we study. Okay, because, good. And in so many meetings, it did not really work very well. All right. Okay. Well, listen, um, thank you, Vic, for joining us. And a lot of the framework of um, our work that's um, how the board checkup is organized and the guidelines we produced around it coming out of this text that you can see guidelines for improving the effectiveness of boards of directors of nonprofits. So uh, we'll be drawing from that um, framework today to sort of structure this conversation. And um, also be drawing from uh, theory um, and, and empirical research, and then sort of getting into what Vic just mentioned, these challenges um, around board meetings. So dress, uh, starting out with why are they important or are they important? Um, what issues challenge meeting effectiveness? Why do they occur? Uh, what can you do to increase effectiveness and um, how do you evaluate that? And then I'm going to sort of end with actual changes that boards have made to improve meeting effectiveness um, through, the, through the process of evaluation. Now, we'll be, there will be some questions that I would like to um, uh, have some discussion around, so open-ended question. If you feel free to unmute yourself and speak, or you can type it into the chat, and I will um, monitor that. All right. So I would love to hear the top-of-the-mind issues about board meetings that uh, that our group has here. Okay. Well, we'll we'll okay. set that as a goal but let's start with why do you think board meetings are important let's just open it up are they why are they important short discussion yes and i'm looking at the chat just top of mind why are they important why do you have them vic you can you can answer too <laughs> okay. why are they important <laughs> I've been studying boards uh, uh, as an academic for whatever it's been, 30 or 40 years, and the number of board meetings I have attended as a consultant or been a member of um, that don't go well uh, is legion, and they are the main vehicle by which boards uh, make decisions. No meetings. I don't know how they make decisions. Their main, their main purpose is to govern, make crucial decisions. They're just absolutely the most important thing, and they can go off so easily. 
Okay. Okay, well that, that gets us that gets us going. Um, I'm gonna talk about some of the research around board meetings. And I'm drawing from both for-profit and not-for-profit. So let's just start in the um, for-profit context where uh, this is 2022. I, I've just sort of tried to draw from some of the most recent research around board meetings and board effectiveness. And board meeting attributes are associated with board effectiveness. And um, this study by Wanatorn and Padankasav, sorry about that. Um, they created an index of board effectiveness and they included a number of attributes of meetings and they, um, including the number of meetings, attendance of meetings, the um, composition of directors attending meetings, and what they found in the, um, the what changed board effectiveness significantly in this area were the number of meetings, attendance, and the presence of female directors were linked <laughs> to board effectiveness. And that board effectiveness, so increases in board effectiveness were negatively associated with failure. So a reduction in the risk of, let's say, a market crash. So there was significant impact of meetings on effectiveness, which in turn had um, impact on, on the success of the of, uh, corporation. Another study on board meetings specifically, Bonini and Legazio, um, looked at meeting effectiveness and found, again, similar to the other study, that attendance um, was significantly associated with firm performance and as an indicator of director engagement and governance. And that meeting um, effectiveness is an indicator of board functioning. Uh, uh, citing our own research, Vic and I published in 2014, we found in this um, that decision process effectiveness um, was the most salient factor in changes in board performance and impact on the organization's effectiveness, that self-evaluation of board effectiveness is associated with board change in practice and performance, and including uh, more clarity of board roles and responsibilities in governance, and, and um, the theory that we um, uh, drew from was that that helped reduce tensions in governance and and led to greater perception that the board was more effective of the people who were involved in these evaluations. Another study in 2018, um, and company in um, looked at meeting attributes and um, found that they were associated with board effectiveness and in particular, they found salient the chair's leadership and they cited another study of economics on the significant influence of the chair on board functioning and that board meeting practices were associated with board effectiveness and that board and as well as board development. Um, more of, of not board development of the meetings per se, but the board's development as a team. So um, was associated with it. Where how we conceptualize this or measure 
board effectiveness as basically board functioning in two dimensions around the board, the governance process, roles and responsibilities, and then sort of components of that or we call factors that are associated with the governance process. And what I've highlighted here is in this webinar, we're talking about meetings. Um, in previous one, last month, we talked about board structures and processes or procedures, but today we're talking about meetings. And um, so meetings sort of linked to the fiduciary governance role of, of um, boards, and um, that uh, contributes to the effectiveness of governance and its impact on the organization. It doesn't account for all of the factors. So I just want to point out here, these are just some factors. There are other factors that are not included here that have an effect on these things. So we're, these are significant influences, but they don't account for all of the changes in these variables. So just to define, remind you again, what is fiduciary governance as a concept? It's really about the stewardship of assets, ensuring the organization advances its purpose, it's compliant with the law, rules and regulations, and has enough uh, resources. And going back to theory, so there's a lot of different theories that explain the role of boards in the governance context. So this one, I just drew principal agent theory that the board Boards represent principal interests. They delegate some of their authority to an agent in that um, process. And boards and agents theoretically have different interests. And the board's role then from this perspective is to monitor the, um, the agent and the organization to make sure that those interests are advanced. And it keeps records of those um, of the monitoring. There's different reports. There's information around that, including the minutes of board meetings are one indicator. You actually can have evidence of this. All right. So I hope this everybody is, understands that when you say agent, you really mean the management. The, yeah, the management. So the CEO. So, Vic, here's the big question. What issues challenge meeting effectiveness? Let's just sort of just open it up. You can put top of mind. What, from your perspective, what, what, what are some of the big ones? And you can use the chat function, too. I'll monitor that. What are some of the issues? Well, I can start. Okay. And I can go on and on and on. Okay. Yeah. You don't get the agenda on time. The agenda is, is unclear as to what has to be uh, decided and what doesn't. There isn't enough information in the agenda or there's too much. Uh, what else? The uh, meetings go on too long. The chairman dominates the meeting and people don't get a chance to talk or people talk and the chairman chairperson puts them down in some way. Um you never get around to the most important stuff. And there's a lot of time spent on um, uh, routine stuff, like reviewing the old minutes and discussing the minutes and uh, a, lot of board, uh, a lot of reports that are just for information only. So the time goes by. I'll stop there. 
Okay, well, we have another couple of comments around poor planning, as you mentioned, the agenda, egos around the table. Yes, yes. All right, okay, well, let's let's dive into some of these. All right, so as symptoms that, um, you know, you may have some challenges in this area, sort of divided in the text, goes through them, but sort of summarize them around the frequency of meetings and the time, uh, the agenda, the content, um, and the decision process. So let's just talk about there can be challenges or issues in each of these areas. So let's just sort of pick them apart. So the frequency and time issue, does the board, um, the frequency of board meetings, does the board meet too often or not enough? Are there enough meetings? Um, to to uh, fulfill the 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 you know not just the fiduciary role but strategic governance role and other and and general issues that come up. Does the board and the indicators that that is the problem? The indicators of that is that the agenda uh, is too long and it goes on and on past say two hours, two and a half hours max. That indicates maybe not enough meetings. Or once it's, they sit around just idly chatting uh, and uh, the business gets done in no time, which means maybe you don't need so many meetings. Right. So, you know, and that gets to, is there enough um, information to hold a meeting? Or are you just meeting to have a meeting? Mm-hmm. Um, again, um, do they go on too long, as Vic mentioned, or are they not enough? Or how does it spend um, that it's time. So assuming the board, there's a purpose for the meeting. How does the board spend its time in the meeting? Is it, is, or is it filled with reports? Um, uh, is it, is it operationally focused? Um, are, is governance evident, um, within, within the, um, you know, and you can, you can observe this, you can, um, identify that within the, the agenda, which is the next thing. So organizing the content of the meeting. Um, does the does the agenda uh, come out before the meeting? Does it come out in enough time um, for the board and directors to become familiar with um, the meeting's purpose and the material? Is there a purpose to the meeting um, or is it just perfunctory? Is it just full of routine matters? Um, are the agenda items identified? What's an information item? What's an action item requiring a decision or where there's an item that relates back to a previous decision where there's some follow up? Um, and and do the mat uh, do the items of importance come up early enough in the agenda, or do they come up often at the very end when when there isn't enough time for the board to deliberate mm-hmm. around them? Is there other issues here that we missed in your experience? We'll just look at the chat here. Other item, other issues with the with either the frequency time or agenda. Does anybody, uh, does anybody experience what I've, some, some chairs um, 
a little bit are a little bit manipulative and uh, not all by any means, but some. And what they do is uh, do a snow job. So they put up an issue and then they pile on all kinds of paper about the issue that really isn't relevant. And a lot of the board members will look at it and say, oh, boy, that's too much. (laughs) I'm not going to read all that. Uh, I'll just vote for it. Yeah, well, that relates to the content, right, Vic, around how to... So so the meeting content, is there too much information? Okay, that's right, yeah. Right? Um, Or um, Ono... Um, commented, or you have a shy chair. Oh, gee, that's that's difficult. Yes. So, so, if, so, with that, with that agenda, is there content to go along with it? How does it relate to the items? And um, and again, connecting to Pat previous items, um, and the you know to prepare directors for the for the meeting to enga- to prepare um directors to engage in the governance process and this in decision making um and uh and part of that apart from the amount of information is when do they receive this information and it is is it in a form that they can that can be distilled or synthesized for them to understand where the, you know, where the key issues are and how to think about how, how, how to think about them and um, whether they're just information or, or action items. Other comments here. I'm just seeing here. I didn't see Olongo's comment because that is too light on my screen says agenda with fixed items in fixed order all right so mm. are they the same is it the same agenda each meeting and it's just copied from one meeting to the next yeah, yeah. such a common practice yeah we'll talk about solutions in a moment but yes yeah. so are you just taking the same agenda copying it updating it Approval of minutes of the last meeting, uh, chairman's report. Um, yeah. Any new business? <laughs> Any, yeah. I, I have a question, though. Okay. Um, I think that we're talking about board meetings as though that's where everything happens. Um, we're a not-for-profit, so it, maybe we're a little off topic here, but we have committees and we anticipate that the committees do the work and the committees come, their reports are shared ahead of time, the recommendations of the committees are there, the documentation is provided so that if anybody wants to read why they're recommending it, and then there's time for discussion at the meetings. So um, our agenda is the same from time to time because we hear we don't hear reports Right. Discuss reports Um, and the minutes are there for review, but we don't accept, you know, where there was a period missing and where the grammar was wrong. If you want to do that, talk to the person who wrote the minutes. So so I think we've pared down a lot of this. And I don't think that we've been lucky with chairs, I guess, but we have a process um, where our chair comes up through the executive and they learn along the way. 
how, how a meeting can be run and should be run and, you know, what they liked about that one and didn't like about that. So, so the training is all kind of there by the experience. We have two board meetings a year and we have a board retreat and the retreat is probably the best meeting because that's when people get to socialize and know each other and, and get to trust each other as a person, not just as a body at a board meeting. So I'm thinking, I keep hearing about, um, Oh, what do they call them when they, uh, you know, do your, 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 um, the, the part of the agenda that doesn't need discussion. Uh, cons- consent? Consent consent. Yeah. 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 Um, We're gonna yeah. So the things like the minutes, I mean, they don't take us any time at all. Yeah. That, that, that sounds very, very good. You've thought critically about that. You've moved content direct reports like verbal reports mm-hmm. into minutes entered those and then i'm guessing um i'm guessing if no one had a chance to review them you would identify take some off the consent or depending on how do you work that where there's where there is a s- significant issue that a committee addressed brought that to the meeting perhaps do you check in if everyone reviewed that information or how do you how do you move stuff off that agenda if um, it wasn't reviewed in time? Okay, well, I guess that I, that's what, what I'm saying is we don't really have a consent agenda. I, I've never okay. really figured out what that is. Okay. Um, but at the time that chair uh, that committee reports are given, the chair does a brief report, but giving the highlights maybe, but and more and asks for input. Um, on the items that require discussion or that require decision so that there is always discussion. And I think that that we've become, I I think we've always been pretty good at um, listening to people speak. And I think sometimes maybe we provide so much with such guidance that you can have a meeting where there isn't a lot of discussion because they know what it is they're deciding on. They know why, because they've seen the report. Um, they usually get the documentation three weeks before the meeting, which I find um, apparently is unusual. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, coming from Canada with people from across um, the all provinces on our board, we have had bilingual people and people who whose workday is French. And so they were the ones that spoke up and said, give me your English reports so I have time to read them and digest them. So it's been good for us that way. We've been brought into line with having documentation out in good time. Anyway, so I think that all you're saying is great, but I'm, I must say we're lucky. We don't have too many of Go these ahead. problems. Okay, <laughs> good. Can I, right. ask Margaret, can I ask Margaret a question? Sure. Hmm. Yeah, yours is a national organization. Yes. And does it have an executive committee? Yes. So sometimes... In those kinds of large organizations, um, committees, if they, the executive committee needs to get the uh, other committee's reports first so mm. they can go over them to make sure, because sometimes the committees just feel a need that they need to talk. And they'll, mm. I, when the executive committee is able to do a little screening and say, now, is this, is, is this issue clear enough? Do we have enough information enough? Is it a high priority issue or is it not such a high priority issue? Mm-hmm. So then it can be even a little more efficient in the meeting itself. 
Right. Well, interestingly, interestingly, I think that um, uh, we've come away from taking things to the executive first. Uh, They meet in place of the board, uh, make decisions that Mm -hmm. need to be made. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, with Zoom meetings that can happen anytime, anywhere with no travel involved, you know, the thought is, do we really need an executive to do, um, you know, any of the between work? So obviously it's not changing. That doesn't change quickly. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the way the committees are organized, there is an executive, well, our executive are the chairs of the committees. Right. Okay. Okay. okay good. So maybe that answers your question. Yeah. As long as there's a chance just to clear the air and prevent, you know, irrelevant or not mm-hmm. completely uh, thought through reports. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And, and uh, yeah. Beat out the yeah. ones that are really just, just saying, well, we had a good time last quarter. Um, uh, just it, nothing of any significance to report. Well, and and, and an interesting thing too, um, the president re- um, provides a monthly update to the board members. So That's they are true. aware all the time of what in, is going on at the institution that they should be aware of. Mm. Right. Excellent. Um, here's a comment. Thank you, Margaret. Here's a comment by, oh no, I guess it depends on the size of the organization as well, right? Of course, there's a number of factors and we're just sort of generally talking about these things. Um, But I'll give you another example just along those lines that on a board that I'm on that has is so specialized in the health field that the management doesn't have all of the knowledge that it needs to actually implement decisions. So some of the committees are very much a operationally focused and they're full of people who really care about operations and often those committee reports would go on for for a majority of the meeting and they and the the board wasn't actually engaged in much governance at all and it was helping the see helping the agent with the agent's job and so um so what you know after uh, quite a bit of time and I'm in the chair of the governance committee raised this sort of issue that we're not really meeting our governance responsibilities here and we actually might not even be aware of what's management and what are operational and what's governance and we've cleared that up and so only things that relate to governance now come off out of that committee up to the board level the rest just is for the, the to help support the CEO in her position. Yeah, we have some of that, too, because um, it. We, I work for the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College. Most of our board members are chiropractors. They are very interested to know what's happening and what the courses, how the courses are changing. It's all the stuff they don't need to be aware of. So it is one of the things that we have to watch. We do, uh, you know, the reports include the kinds of things they're interested in, but their decision making is, is uh, on governance. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the clarity of those distinctions, it's fine as long as everybody's aware. Um, let's go into the decision process. So, um, of course, we have meetings and there's information shared and um, boards. There's a decision process around that. And and in fact, the, um, the process itself um, 
is how participatory, if you're going to evaluate decision process effectiveness, how, how engaged, um, how informed, how rational, how that issue is connected to strategy, for example, how it, whether it reflected the interests of um, stakeholders, principles, so to speak. And so, um, so that's really how to think about effectiveness. How effective is the decision process? And, um, and the decisions themselves, are they clearly stated and understood? Do people know what they're deciding? Um, you know, and the implications of that. And that goes back to the decision process. And often, you know, we've read in the newspaper decisions that non-for-profits have made that have been had serious reputational consequences. And we'll talk about the Komen Foundation when they decided to defund Planned Parenthood as a famous example where they went from the number one brand in the world to, I don't even know where they are now. You don't hear much about them. But it had a significant negative impact, um, that one decision. And, and of course, they reversed that and all kinds of consequences occurred. So, um, so how effective is it? How clear they are? And then were decisions ever made? And is there a clear record of those decisions, those motions. And of course, you know, we need these for our audits and other kind of purposes to show boards decisions to support certain financial transactions, for example, um, contracts and other things. So, and is it clear in those decisions who's doing what and when? Mm-hmm. So, you know, other, other, issues around decision maybe maybe dom you know the discussion itself the rules of order around it for example mel gill who i thought was going to be here today talks about um the decision rules around voting and so if a rule is consensus decision making and that's articulated let's say in your bylaws then that influences the process because in a consensus-based model, everybody has to have the information. And um, and every and so consensus is sought as in in um, how the board decides. Now in a majority rules, um, you just need a majority of the of the directors to um, support the decision. And that does not imply that everybody had the same information. Um, it could mean that maybe a majority of people had that and maybe they had it further ahead of time than than other people. Um, but in that so that that model, the decision making affects the decision the boards make, the content that is shared, how participatory it is and basically how effective it is. Or is it a sort of near consensus model where you strive for consensus you, if you can't reach it? And often when you have what we call landmark governance issues where there are multiple perspectives, maybe it's not possible to reach consensus. And so you adopt a near consensus model where you strive for consensus, but you will take a majority vote um, if you can't reach it. So, so those are some of the elements of the decision process 
that can that a do affect um, meetings. And as you know, I mentioned earlier, we found this the most salient factor in board effectiveness is around this effectiveness of the process. All right, so let's ask the theories. Why do you think all of these issues occur? And there's many more that we probably haven't touched on. Why do you think bo boards are challenged in this area of meetings? And we talked about egos and other kinds of things. What are some of the explanations? We've already hit on one and that's uh, lack of skill on the part of the chair. However wonderful and committed and passionate they are about the issue, it does require some skills. Yeah, and meeting facilitation or and and collaboration and other. Yeah. I'm going to just check the. Uh... All right, well. Someone talked about a shy chair. The, the yeah, very... personality of the chair, maybe oh, reluctance, yeah. a kind yeah. A nice chair, a dominating chair. Yep, all of those. Just lose focus. All right, well, here are some other explanations. Uh, maybe a, a, pra a meeting practice and culture have developed in that board and hasn't changed. As the, you know, going back to that operational piece, and this is certainly the case with the board that I was mentioning where it was a working board and um, it professionalized. It never changed its meeting practices. It was like they were around the kitchen table and um, that didn't change and they, and they needed to change, but a culture had developed around it and people really were not aware that the meetings weren't as effective as they could be. And um so, so that's one explanation, or it could be that everybody is so busy. Uh, Margaret, it's awesome that you, you get your materials and your agenda and everything out three weeks ahead of time. That's a really tough one. I, I applaud you for mm -hmm. that. I, 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 you know, a week, I think maybe more of the norm. Um, a week. But Margaret is talking about a board that only meets twice a year, right? Yeah. So if you only meet twice a year, that you've got a lot more time to prepare. So lack of time. Everyone's busy, and depending on your your uh, your not for profit, um, you know, you're if you're regulated or not, and have all kinds of reports and things. Um, but yeah, is there enough time to develop the meeting agenda? and prepare the content, making sure that it's on, or again, that the, the lack of leadership competency um, of the chair, for example, or even the CEO. There's there's research, you know, longstanding Herman and Heimovics who, who identified that actually it's the CEO's leadership competencies mm. that help um, the board with functioning. That, that they make a significant difference in how effective the board is. So you can't underestimate the competencies of the CEO. And I think CEOs need development in this area too, right? They well-meaning, of course, they have their own interests. They are, they're responsible for this position, but remember the board has to make sure that other interests are advanced. And so that that relationship really could be so honest and authentic to help develop the CEO so that the board can be as effective as it can be. So it can 
can receive the information that it needs to um, make decisions. And of course, and that's sort of like the interests, certain interests might dominate whatever they are, but the board really needs to be clear. Even within the board, there are multiple interests driving decision-making and are, is, is the board really clear, you know, where, what interests is the board acting in? In the, in the decision itself, you know, you, you have legal duties to give voice to the issues, to represent them from your perspective, but at the end of the day, it's the board as a whole that makes a decision, and the decisions need to be in the best interests of the corporation. So is that clear, especially, you know, if you have representative boards, um, mm. right, where certain, it, where certain issues are being um advanced yeah I all right comment. so did you see the comment that oh no let me there. let me check that out so inclusiveness and in, yeah hidden not official structure right of and the board we found that that in our research that many many boards will realize they've got a we call them a core group uh, and sort of an inner group that is more involved, more knowledgeable. And then it's, when it's not doing well, it, it also acts as a kind of a clique that pushes right. an agenda. Otherwise, uh, the core group can be very helpful because they're the ones who are willing to put in a lot of time and effort. And but a core, yeah. But it could also end up governing the org, the corporation. Right. Yes, and so that's the argument against executive committees, isn't it, Vic? Well, it can be if if, it, if the executive committee turns into a little mini cabinet, like like Trudeau's cabinet or something. They they uh, do a lot of things on their own and don't bother to uh, really inform people or consult others. Yeah. All right. So we we know there are issues. There are lots of different explanations. You can develop, if you were analyzing your meetings, your own theories about why the board, you know, behaves the way it does or, you know, the practice it's, it's developed um, historically or, you know, develop your own theories about that and including what you, you know, could improve upon. So we'll just get into some of the treatments. What can you do to improve meeting effectiveness? And um, again, assessing, starting with assessment of, of effectiveness. Um, the decision process um, itself can be assessed, never mind just meetings. I'm going to come up with some criteria in a moment about meeting effectiveness criteria that you could reflect on. But the decision, you can assess the effectiveness of the decision process. We can certainly help you with that. Um, collaborating in the development of the meeting agenda and the content with between the chair and the CEO or the executive committee and, and the CEO to ensure that the board has the content that it needs and um, and that the agenda is developed um, that to ensure that that um, the governance is is being conducted and to be clear about governance and management items that need monitoring. 
So of course, you know, boards monitor management and this is one place where that happens. Um, does the management report actually provide any documentation, any content that would, uh, any kind of record that would allow the board to, to identify effective monitoring of that agent? So, and I'm not sure that boards actually think about meetings in this way as a form of monitoring the agent. It's not just done in a performance evaluation of that person's job description. It happens in every meeting if those management reports are what the board needs to sort of ensure that interests are being advanced in the ways that they're intended. And, um, you know, by aligning other topics, aligning finances to strategy and having the board, the CEO report on where those are, all those kind of connections also help with that. Um, consider a consent agenda. So here you go, Margaret. And, um, you know, I would will tell you, and I'm, we're going to show you some of the changes that boards make following evaluation of their meeting effectiveness, but this is one that happens the mo most frequently, is the adoption of a consent agenda to help manage the time and the content. So you can move, like with your committees, submitting those reports become part of the record. It's another form of monitoring governance that isn't possible to be done all in one meeting. It's happening in multiple meetings. And that gets entered into on the agenda as consent items, usually right at the beginning of a meeting. And any and and any actions that are or information that um, that the board needs to be aware of. And um, if board members have not reviewed those reports. And remember, if they're too long or too short, that also applies to those reports. Then they usually come off the agenda for the board, depending on how important they are to discuss them. So there has to be some honesty about what people reviewed for this to work. Because the idea is that you reviewed this information ahead of time, it's routine, it's perhaps information, it doesn't need to make its way onto the agenda. So they're all voted in at once and they become part of the record. So they're not lost. I can follow up with you on that um, if you want after. Um, and then where do the where do the landmark governance issues fall in the agenda? Are they at the end? Do they come up early so the board has enough time to think about them, to give voice to them, directors to deliberate them? And um, and you know, putting all of this out again well in advance of the meeting, so when people become accustomed to reviewing them, not just in the meeting. And I've been in meetings lately where the minutes haven't been reviewed and we've had to bring them up and review them on the screen. And um, so that's problematic. It's not, that's not ideal. Um, again, then taking time to evaluate so you can make these changes and evaluate how they changed the process how do they change meetings how what what happened right were people 
do people attend more often now because the meeting is more interesting? Are they more engaged in the discussions? These are those, again, those, those attributes of board effectiveness out of meetings. These are the outcomes that you want. Do you have those going into it? That's going to be an indicator that you need some change or not, right? And um, and so set some targets then for meetings and communicate them. We want, and auditors look at these, they look at your minutes, they look at the attendance. Those are indicators of risk and um and auditors care about those things so the the more effective you are in this area the more likely you're going to get an unqualified opinion on your audit and that's what we all want so um okay we talked about that i'm going to hear some of the criteria um that are included in our evaluation of of performance. So around the meeting agenda and content, how when it's received, um, the timing of that. There's a bunch of issues. They're in the text that you can look at that are assessed. I just sort of summarize them here. Around the content, does it include important matters about meeting attendance and engagement and the decision process and the decisions themselves and records? and the frequency of meetings and the length of them. So these are all sort of indicators, um, again, going back to those issues. And here are some of the changes. So let's go into what did boards change when they assessed their meeting effectiveness according to the criteria I just shared. So this is based on our research, right? Yes. So this is from our research on the impact of performance assessment specifically on meetings only here. Board meetings are held seven to nine times a year using preset agendas that include all relevant documents for discussion sent several days in advance of the meetings. Board members contribute to agenda items. However, a set agenda always includes monthly financials, previous meetings, comprehensive minutes, an executive director's report, and any policies that have been reviewed and ready for vote. So that's one change. Here's another one. Agenda has clear distinct distinction between items for immediate decision and items for discussion. All documentation circulated one week in advance via, via Google Drive. Members are expected to raise any points of clarification on documentation in advance. Less time and spent at meeting on points of clarification information. So that improved the time in the meeting. Um, another one, executive informing agendas with the chair. The board, I, uh, I probably think that the board was disconnect or the chair and the executive were not connecting on this. And so the chair is probably meeting facilitation wasn't completely in alignment with how the executive had prepared that. Mm. Um, the board agenda was restructured to maintain focus on the people we serve. So the interests, again, the principles, and to allow time for strategic discussion. 
in camera added at the end of each agenda, whether topics have been raised or not. Hmm, what's that mean? Well, probably they, they send observers out so they can talk about uh, stuff that well, they don't want. In the minute. So what could be there could be issues that um, are sensitive that they need to go discuss in private and they can mm -hmm. record what the issue is in the minutes that they went into in camera and when they came out of in camera and then any discussion or information mm -hmm. or decision is recorded in the minute. So it's just so that there's discussion that perhaps that's sensitive. Just check. We have an. Uh, uh, just there was a new uh, comment. Okay, comment. perhaps yeah. a naive comment. At times, there are sort of a mix-up on what actually are the governance issues. Yeah. Yeah, right. This is a point I would I would like to make. Maybe is that we have not spoken explicitly about strategic planning uh, and whether your organization attempts to create one that's specific enough that there are actual priorities for a given year or a period of time. And if there is, which I always think one should try in organizations should try to have such a thing, then the board meetings can focus on items from the priority list in a strategic plan and start off with those. Where are we in trying to achieve our stated goal, our position uh, on, on this particular element of our plan? Right. Excellent point. Yeah. Excellent point. So that it stays top of mind. Yeah. And it gets right? at the top when people are relatively fresh about things and not show up two hours into the meeting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good one. So, yeah, of course, again, that that's that's a good point. All right. So, and that comes to this this change that boards made by linking the agenda items to the strategic plan. So, we're seeing we're seeing boards doing that. Yeah. Um, the board president started to send out materials ahead of meetings. So, board members have time to review them. More thought has gone into planning. Again, here's the consent agenda. Minutes are now online, and we've decided to reduce our use of Robert's rules of order. <laughs> now, that's a good one to talk about. Yes. Most, yeah. most organizations have bylaws that state somewhere that they will be operating in accordance with a standard. Robert. Robert's is the most, it's American, it's the most common one in Canada, but there's also several other formats for yeah. deciding on tricky matters of who gets what say about what, etc. But um, it need, and then some organizations like this one here, where this comment came from, get obsessed with them and the chair will end up saying, well, you're out of order. You can't do that. And then uh, they debate Robert's Rules of Order, they are only really important in crisis times. When mm -hmm. there's a really contentious issue, there may be factions and, and uh, groups within and outside demanding this and that, which is the case in a lot of elements of our society today, unfortunately. But it's when 
those you know, groups are trying to take over, etc., the nastiness of internal politics, uh, that Robert's rules of order do become important for bringing right. some kind of order to the discussion. You know, was, and it, yeah, that's important. And then um, just a point around annual general meetings, if you need to follow the rules around how those meetings are conducted, oh, yeah. you you don't have any choice around mm-hmm. that. And you can be called out on not following your rule bylaws. But I will say, and I'm, we're not, we have no, we don't have enough time to talk about it today, but we're in a kind of environment of decolonization and um, decolonizing our boards and the structures and meetings um, and that's an important conversation. I think that's an important issue to put on the agenda. How can we do that? How can we increase engagement and attendance and the effectiveness of our meetings? Yes, without, without while meeting our governance roles and responsibilities and demonstrating, having records to demonstrate that to, uh, you know, auditors and other, um, you know, regulators. So, but that's a question that boards need to, um, you know, talk about. And and I know it is um, top of mind today, but it really is an important issue for a deep discussion. I don't think there's any simple, clear answers. There's no one size fits all. It's going to happen within the culture and, you know, characteristics of your organization and your board. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is another another one, but here's just sort of a word cloud of all the changes. You oh. can see the larger the word, the more frequent the change. So the agenda changed the most, um, and the minutes, and you know there were all kinds oh. of changes. I've got a summary here I've highlighted of all the changes that happen through performance evaluation. Um, there's just numerous, they're changing in so many ways around meetings, um, that all point to, and again, our research shows significant improvements positively in the effectiveness of the decision process, the functioning of the board and its impact. And that's sort of where we are. And we were at almost 11 o'clock. So why don't I just stop here and see if there's any discussion um, around this or any questions? Who's left? I think it's a pretty it was a pretty good overview and gives us lots to think about. And uh, there's always room for improvement, even when you have things organized where you think they're pretty good. That's the attitude. That's the one. <laughs> That's what we all hope people manage to develop. Yeah, just even one, what's the one change that, you know, checking in often. So at the end of the meeting, what worked well here? Where could mm. we, even these small check-ins, right, at the end of a meeting? Yeah, that's a good right? idea. And uh, you can tell, you know, I I enjoy a good meeting. Mm-hmm. And um I don't enjoy a bad meeting, (laughs) but you can tell, I mean, you can have those mini check-ins, you can evaluate, of course, you know, um, the checkup does that. We also have a decision um, process effectiveness assessment that we're happy to share and work with you on. 
that can give you a baseline of where, because one of the, one of the, um, another explanation is that people place value on certain criteria or certain attributes of what makes an, a meeting effective, for example, that, that, that everyone gives voice or that it's rational. And they're all, there's a diversity of those criteria and the values and they're not often spoken. You know, what is important, even talking to board members about what's important to you in meetings and having that conversation and, and, uh, and, uh, oh, we just got a comment here. Thanks. I agree. This was a good overview. It gives me ideas to improve our board meetings. Well, thank you, um, Jessica. Yeah. So, you know, even having that openness, allowing some space just to talk about the meeting informally. And uh, yeah. don't wait to the don't wait to the annual assessment. I think continual improvement that's going to lead to more changes. If you are interested in the subject of board effectiveness, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe to this podcast, share it with others in your organization and in your network, and leave a review, especially if you liked it. Feel free to leave comments and questions about the topic explored in this podcast or boards of directors that you would like us to explore in future podcasts. And if you have suggestions for me, please feel free to reach out using the contact information. Thanks for joining us.